What's up, everyone, and welcome to Raise the Geek, your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, let's talk the Batman. Where does it fall in the legacy of Batman on film? And we have an update on what Disney is about to do with the Netflix Marvel shows. And by we, I mean Chris. And uh, let's go. And we are back. Couldn't think of a better thing to come back to talk about, which is episode 46, The Batman. We've been dying for this movie. It's been delayed three times. Ready for it. Don and I are here to talk about it. So how are we doing, man? Chris, what is up today? My friend, everything's okay. Can't complain, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, man, you just said Batman was delayed three times, was it? I don't even remember. It was, I delayed. remember it was supposed to come, I know it was supposed to come out in October of 21. Oh, I remember yeah. October it had the original date, which made sense since it started, it basically takes place at Halloween. So, yeah. I, I think that that was their original plan, and I know it got delayed at least once from that, but I'm sure it got delayed a couple other times because of you know, COVID. Yeah, man, I think I'm, I must have blocked that out of my head, but that does sound right now. I think they had like some production delays with Pattinson getting COVID too or something like that. Yeah. So there's wow. a couple. I don't know if it's three. I could be just, you know, showbiz exaggerating for, you know, effect, yeah. but it, it did. It though, was delayed. Yeah. It was delayed. We're finally here. It felt like we've been waiting for this movie for a while. My anticipation. Yeah, you just tapped into a repressed memory. I didn't even remember that it had been delayed, but it's, it's yeah, man, we got about it. those things. You know, it's the reason why, you know, we, we don't talk about Morbius. We don't talk about Morbius on the show. This is a this is a Morbius safe space for those who don't want to hear about Morbius or act like Morbius is a real thing. You're safe here. We're not going to talk about it. I don't nope. think. No, at least not for a few years. No, I think there'll be a bunch of crazy shit we'll talk about and watch <laughs> before we ever get to Morbius. I'd watch just about anything. I'm not watching. I'm okay with that. I'm okay it's, with it. It's not going to be here um, unless for some reason it comes out and people are just like, this is the greatest movie. And it just like Let's... becomes a cultural phenomenon. And I'll be like, I can't imagine. That's how they got me to go see Venom in theaters. I had zero interest in seeing Venom. And then it came out and everyone's like, dude, this movie's actually pretty good. And I was like, what? And it was like opening weekend. And I was like, let me buy a ticket. And I went to like a 1030 at night show to see it. And I don't know, it wasn't that great, but. That was just there. Trust me, that's not going to happen with Morbius. <laughs> the cultural phenomenon and Morbius are not two words that go together, I don't yeah. think. I don't want to sound like a hater, but um, I can foresee in my crystal ball that Morbius is not going to hit that. Right. We've already talked about Morbius too much. It's supposed to be a safe I've said the word Morbius. <laughs> I've said the word Morbius too many times. I, I regret bringing it up. I regret bringing uh, it up at okay. all. <laughs> How are you? I didn't ask you. How are you? How are you this, uh, oh, this God. Weekend? man? I'm all right. I'm all right. Like I said, it was good to, to get out and see a movie and do, do, do the Batman thing was kind of cool. Um, we missed last week. Unfortunately, a lot of that came yeah. down on me switching antidepressants and being in a coma for like a week. So, you know, um, but I'm back. Listen, man. I got, Listen, I got, man. I got new ones. I got new there ones. <laughs> Listen, we all need, we all need time. I had a, I was having a hard time at work too, as well. It's, it was a long week, so listen, dude. We came we, back. We're refreshed. We're we're refreshed. We're in a new state of mind. We're ready to talk, Batman. 
It's all good. Chris is on uh, new new medication. He's ready to go. <laughs> I had I, I they gave me this new medication. And they're like, oh, okay, take it at night before you go to bed. And I'm like, well, what time? They're like, oh, a half an hour before you go to bed. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I go to bed at random ass times. So I'm like, when do I? I don't really know when to take this pill. So I was like, all right. It was like Tuesday night when I need was my first my first attempt, and I went to bed at like. 12 30 so i took this pill at like midnight which is probably a, already a terrible idea i was <laughs> out and i slept for like 10 straight hours and i woke up i missed all of my morning meetings that i had these zoom calls and i was like oh shit yeah. it was like 9 58 and at 10 o'clock i had my one-on-one with my boss and i was like oh my god so i like brushed my hair and like put on clothes <laughs> and i got on zoom and then it was not only my boss but it was also the one-on-one with my new boss who that was his first week. So this is like one of the first times I'm really sitting down with him and I wasn't expecting him there. So I was like, oh. and I'm all not there. Cause I was sleeping and I'm on this like medication. So I can tell you right now, I have no idea what I said during this meeting. And I know they asked me things and I know I said stuff, but I don't know. And I can't imagine, I know I had to look ridiculous. Um, and I had this new boss and I'm like, well, it was a fun job while I had it. <laughs> Like in your mind that your old boss, as soon as you logged off, the new boss to the old boss was like, that Chris, uh, he's uh, quite a character, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not normally like that. Something was going on there, but yeah. That was- as soon as you logged into the Zoom meeting and you saw the new boss, she would just shut the computer and be like, nope, not ready. She'd be like, uh, <laughs> d- 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 and just started freezing on the on the Zoom call and been like, oh, I'm sorry, my internet went down. I got a bad, bad, bad connection guys yeah, i might have even tried that who knows i don't i 100 don't remember that meeting so anyway we are back we got all kinds of crazy stuff to talk about and don we got to circle back around to a story that we spent considerable amount of time on that i was not expecting to uh last episode i think it was when we talked about peacemaker where we talked about netflix pulling the mcu shows and which mm-hmm. happened here March 1st or February 28th. So we no more MCU on Netflix. We lost Daredevil. We can't go back and watch Punisher. And we had a big, long discussion on what's Disney going to do with these shows? Are they going to, you know, announce Daredevil season four and say catch up? Are they going to, you know, announce other things? Are they going to put them on Hulu because it's more mature? They can put them on Disney Plus, but how's that going to work? And uh, we had a lot of speculation and they announced with zero fanfare what they're doing with these shows. <laughs> and uh, they did. Yeah. And March 16th, you'll be able to watch all the Netflix MCU shows on Disney Plus. Yeah. Are you surprised about that? A little surprised. Um, <clears throat> more surprised that there's no fanfare to it. It's just kind of like an internet thing. So like the general public won't even know that that's a thing that's happening and then all of a sudden all those shows will just be on the top page of disney plus which is a little weird just like a content drop all at one time daredevil luke cage jessica jones iron fist punisher defenders. and the defenders all at once uh they're not like separating it and dropping it you know and agents stag- of shield and agents of shield right you throw that in there too no inhumans i noticed <laughs> they just want to marvel acts like the inhumans doesn't it never existed probably a smart move but uh yeah man yeah, i, I don't know forget. a little strange the thing that the thing that stands out to me most is the the question of would this go to hulu instead of disney just because of the some of the certain levels of violence some of those shows reach and sex and violence and yeah, you know, language yeah like and... the brutality of daredevil and punisher shooting people with guns and and just like beating people to a pulp and daredevil and all that stuff just like 
Disney Plus doesn't seem like the home for that, but I guess they're just going for it. I'm expecting maybe a parental advisory kind of a situation. They, they said that when these on this day when these shows drop, there's going to be an update that everybody has to perform on the app. And in that is going to make you go through the ratings and like parental mm -hmm. controls and set what you want to set it at. So they're basically saying, hey, we now have mature rated content on Disney Plus, and they're basically making you aware of it. Now, of course, if your kid's the one who turns it on and updates it, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. But they said that there's going to be settings that you have to adjust before you can use Disney Plus starting March 16th. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, Disney does not really scream explicit violence and, and sex, you know, content. They've always you know, hidden that think. behind other studios. Right, exactly. So it's interesting. Um, this isn't got this doesn't have me clamoring to go watch any of this stuff again because it's been sitting on Netflix for years. I could have just watched the stuff I haven't seen before so like i'm not gonna necessarily be like oh all these shows on disney plus i gotta go watch i mean clearly it kind of means that these characters all potentially have a place mm -hmm. because this is they want to keep them close to the mcu not put them over on hulu and just let them exist they want i mean we've already seen kingpin and daredevil now at this point and i mean realistically it kind of becomes where i mean depending on contracts and negotiations and whatnot but i mean realistically all of those characters are prime and ready to come back now at this point they all exist yeah and and i'm sure the happiest people with this deal are all those actors you know oh, yeah um who were in those shows who thought their portrayal as that character was dead in the water and finished now now the door is open for them to potentially return in something you know not just vincent d'onofrio and charlie cox but everybody could yeah. potentially come back in some form or fashion so uh yeah man it's interesting i have to keep an eye in, on that and see what happens so yeah uh and cool. at some point don and i are going to watch those shows and you know why we're going to do it we're going to do it so we could talk about it on this show some you know when we when we're starving for content we're gonna be like you know what should we just watch uh power man iron fist yeah let's just do it so you yeah. want to make sure that you don't miss that when we finally sure. get to it. So you want to make sure you like, subscribe, and follow this podcast on all social media and podcast services so you don't miss that. Make sure if you want to join the conversation, you hit us up on Twitter at RaisedGeek or shoot us an email, RaisedGeek at gmail.com. And whatever service you frequent for your podcast pleasure, make sure you hit us up with five stars. Get those reviews out there. I know they started doing five stars over on Spotify. I went over and rated us five stars. So I think it's your turn. <laughs> If Chris can do it, anybody can do it. I can, do it. can yeah, do it. Anybody can. So let's let's get those five stars going. And if you leave a comment, we'll read it here on the show. So uh, tell us what you think. We definitely will. And man, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice um, until I just looked a second ago or earlier today. We're about to hit our one year mark on this on this show. Oh. Like I think at the end of I think at the end of March is going to be our one year, which is crazy. So. Yeah, I hope we're going to cook up something special for that, I would think. Um, it does even fall on a Wednesday, our normal drop day, our one year. So we're going to see how that goes. But it's been a fun ride, man. We'll talk about it in private, what we're going to do. But <laughs> Of course, our first episode would fall on a Wednesday when that's the day we release the show. <laughs> Wait, but that, so it would always be Wednesday. 
Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. Wait. So one well, year. Well, I mean, from... the, the specific. I don't know. Now I've confused yeah. myself. The day of the whatever man i don't know <laughs> i'm confusing myself uh, I've, I've confused myself now as well so you know what let's talk about the batman done batman we are okay. here that's what everyone's here to talk about and i'll just try to figure out calendar math um they're calendar here math. to learn about the batman so we are going to open this up spoiler free we're going to give some overall impressions talking about the inspirations of the story our thoughts of the action mood everything that this movie had to offer we're going to try to give spoiler free and honestly this movie is extremely hard to spoil i could tell you a bunch of stuff and i don't even know i couldn't even figure out what would be a spoiler for this movie outside of very small things or like hardcore details like okay first batman did this then right. he did that now that we can spoil it. we're not doing that anyway so spoiler free so if you haven't seen it yet and you're curious of what we thought that starts now let's do it <laughs> do it so don what'd you think <laughs> what did i think of batman oh man the batman not the just batman, batman. you gotta batman. get that right you gotta batman throw the, the in front. when you put the the in front of it it just makes it seem cooler i don't know why it's just like, like the uh, suicide squad the batman yeah um overall loved this movie man Really did more more than I thought I would. Uh, not even more than I thought I would. I just have a very strange relationship with Batman adaptations. Like I want them all to be good, and they're all most of them have something good I can like about them, but none of them have ever been like my perfect. What I think a perfect version of an on-screen Batman movie would be, and this one gets pretty close, pretty damn close. And I feel like that's an accomplishment for someone who likes the character as much as I do. I'm not, I don't claim to ever be like a Batman expert, know everything, but I know what I like about Batman. And most of what I like about Batman is what I saw on screen for this. Um, it's not going to be that way for everybody either. Like this movie probably is not for everyone, but for someone who likes Batman in the way that I do and what the things I like most about Batman, like I got, I got that in this, like it's a raw visceral film experience that to me is just like light years from any superhero content like we've had like to me this isn't even a superhero movie this is just like a good movie like a really good movie that is just what i want a batman movie to be like it's more it's like it takes it takes the best things from like a, a scary kind of a horror dark city movie and a crime procedural all like roll it into one. And then you just throw this Batman character in there who I love. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so it's more than a superhero movie. It's just like a good movie. Um, I think, I think this movie was really well acted. I didn't really know what to expect from the cast. I liked a lot of the cast, but I was like, well, how are they going to do in this role? For the most part, I think it was really well acted. Um, I didn't know a ton about Matt Reeves either coming into this. I know he's like the director of the Planet of the Apes movies. And he did, I think, a Cloverfield somewhere. Didn't he do Cloverfield? He might have done the first Cloverfield. Okay. So he, that might be him too. But I didn't know much about him. But like his sensibilities as a director, like he understands this world and character clearly in a like a way that not many others have. Um, 
so I think the movie was also beautifully shot by him and his team. Um, I mean, I do think this movie was maybe 30 minutes too long. That's like a, a slight, a slight criticism. Uh, I could, I can find places in here where you could have cut off some time, but that's just a small, small quabble of mine. Um, but man, just overall love this movie. I love this Gotham city. I love Gotham city in a bubble in this way uh, that we don't really get. It's just, I can't really find too many bad things to say about this movie. There are some nitpicky things I have that I'll talk about along the way, but overall, man, had a blast, had a hell of a time, loved it. Um, yeah, that's my overall initial impression. How about you? So, so Don liked it. We got it. <laughs> he thought it was all right. Um, to take it one step after Don did that great, intro into his thoughts and what this movie was just for anybody who might not know as he said this was directed by Matt Reeves starred Robert Pattinson Zoe Kravitz Jeffrey Wright Colin Farrell uh, Paul Dano a couple other surprise people popping in there um, which we will get into but the basic synopsis was when the Riddler a sadistic killer begins murdering key political figures in Gotham Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement Dana. And uh, yeah, I mirrored Don pretty much almost exclusively. This movie was <laughs> outstanding. Um, I had a hard time being pumped for it. One, because I ignored the majority of the media for this movie. So I really didn't over like saturate myself with trailers or trying to really like dive in. I ignored most articles about it. I really tried to be in the bubble to stay away from things for this movie. Um, and then when the, they came out that it was going to be three hours long, I was just like, oh, three hours. And it yeah, pulled a lot of my excitement from it just because three hours is a long time, especially if they were going to make me go to the movies to see it. Me and you are in like the 90 minute gang. <laughs> we just like our short 90 minute movies. Uh, so, I mean, I can do more. But yeah, you're saying three hours. I have to go to the theater to see it if I want to see it within the first 45 days. Uh, so I was kind of just even going to it. I was like, when am I going to get excited? I want to be excited for Batman. And I still kind of wasn't until it started. And then I was like, uh, uh, I'm watching a new Batman movie. And then as it was going, yeah, as I'm watching it, it was just more and more things were happening. I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love this. This mm -hmm. is like the greatest thing. Oh my God, they're doing this. They did that. And starting to look at the inspirations and to see a lot of the things. I always did enjoy Matt Reeves. I enjoyed all of his the planet of the apes movies that he did he did dawn of the planet of the apes and war for the planet of the apes both those i thought were outstanding movies he also did direct cloverfield as you said as well as let me in which i loved that movie with uh, that chloe moritz girl when okay. she was a little girl and she was like a vampire and then there was this it's a remake of like a swedish film i think but the, i mean there were and there were what's funny is there were while I was watching this movie, I forgot that Matt Reeves directed that one. And there were parts in this one that I was like, oh, it re reminds me of Let Me In. And it's, then I'm like, oh, the like light bulbs going off on my head right now going, oh, that's why, because he did that in like, Let Me In. Okay, cool. That camera angle was that. Um, mm -hmm. He also, you know, for you fans out there, he did direct a whole bunch of episodes of Felicity. Oh. So, you know, <laughs> and, and the Paul Bear with uh, David Schwimmer and Gwyneth Paltrow. The only Paul Bearer I recognize is Undertaker's manager. So, oh no. <laughs> uh, so yes, this movie was outstanding. Like no, no doubt about it. There's, it's hard to nitpick it. We're we're going to do it. 
but and there's there's little things like Don said, but overall, I think that this movie was was great. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing about it that I enjoyed was that it was ultimately a murder mystery, but with mm-hmm. Batman in it. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I think every Batman movie before this has never really do- dove into is the fact that Batman is supposed to be a detective. He's the world's greatest detective. That's like his byline. You know, he's like the Dark Knight, the world's greatest detective. And you never really see him detecting things in movies. He's always just kind of reactionary or just trying to stop the big bad. And here he's, this movie, he was trying to, like the Riddler was leaving clues and he needed to try to figure out that to, to catch the Riddler. And it was just became this cat and mouse serial killer story with the Batman. And I just think that was so well done yeah in my favorite batman comics are him solving solving a crime using his brain Mm -hmm. instead of just beating people to a pulp or you know stop some of that in this movie but well yeah that's in there too but instead of him just um you know like you said reactionary in 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 previous batman movies you know mr freeze is frozen the museum I'm going to go there and just beat everybody up. That's all Listen there is to Schwarzenegger, to chill out. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even, you know, all the way back to the first Batman movie, which I love, but just like, he wasn't detecting anything. I mean, he's the world's greatest detective. That is one of his monikers. So I want to see him on a crime scene and have to put it together. That's why I like playing the Arkham video games yep. because they have you in there solving someone's dead and you have to figure out why and who and that's just part of batman's like allure to me that i i really love and it has never been presented in you know adapted into a movie in this way before which is brilliant and what i've always wanted uh so yeah i'm with you on that yeah and when you talk about a lot of your favorite batman stories a lot of them are written by Jeff Loeb and usually drawn by Tim Sale. And this movie had so many inspirations from their work. So it makes sense as this is what they're doing, because I mean, you can tell the long Halloween was clearly a huge Mm -hmm. inspiration for this story, just for being that detective style. Like you can't read the long Halloween and have this movie spoiled. It does, that doesn't work that way, but there were a lot of inspirational things taken from that world and brought into this one. And the biggest one was, Hey, there's a murder. We have to solve this thing and figure out where we're going from that. Totally agree. Um, The biggest inspirations to me, comic wise in this movie, and this is still in our overall impressions. Yeah. Um, category but like i just i definitely pick out the long halloween you have to this might be the closest and nearest we will ever get to a long halloween on screen it's different live action live action it's different but it's you know pulling from that 100 Mm -hmm. those listening if you haven't read the read the long halloween i implore you to go read it it's a fantastic book. We had and then you know, a couple of different and, episodes. And then yeah. go back and listen to our podcast where we talked about the book and the movies. Yeah. And then you can't talk about The Long Halloween without talking about year one because The Long Halloween is inspired by year one. Uh, Frank Miller's book, you know, with a young Batman. This movie is a young Batman just learning his, his craft. And um, so... I mean, that book's in there too. And I, I'll even say Hush. I mean, we talked about Hush uh, 
in the same episode we talked about the long halloween in which is another murder mystery where batman has to just solve a case he's solving a case uh and that's you can tell that this movie is heavily inspired by that yeah and also uh, written by jeff Loeb. so those three and i'm sure there's other ones in there too um just like you know heavily inspired this movie and those are some of my favorite batman stories to begin with so me as a fan that's just all part of the satisfaction yeah what more can you want and i guess when we talk about the description of this movie the one part that we did leave off was that as don just said this was a young batman so this movie takes place his second year or he's been being he's been batman for two years and that's how they mm. open the movie so no really i don't think there's a, that's a spoiler either but no 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 um he's been doing this for two years so you just have this inexperienced batman that was always what was interested about year one and that was always kind of the story you always grew up watching batman as he was just like hi i'm bruce wayne and i'm batman and i'm just here to save the day and then you start asking that question like well what was he like when he was learning how to be batman and then that was where we got year one in that kind of universe and frank miller ran with that idea of the mistakes he would make so the idea of placing a movie roughly in that space i know nolan's there's a timeline onto how long he was actually batman in that universe how long he was around for between those movies and where we fell with that but this was like very blatantly placed and everything was built around that idea of this batman is two years old and that pretty was much just, it added so much to this movie it did and just the little uh, like i'm not trying i'm gonna try not to get spoilery with this because we're still in our non-spoiler section oh, yeah which is hard to do, but the attention to detail of him being a new Batman, of him being a second year Batman is something we haven't seen. Like we had a movie called Batman Begins and I don't want to like do too much comparison with previous movies. I mean, it's just going to happen though, but we had a movie called Batman Begins, which is him going through his origin again. We see the the his parents murdered again him choosing his moniker again why he chose bat why he this movie skipped all that because they're because matt reeves was smart enough to be like the audience has seen a batman origin one too many times i'm not going to do that i'm going to pop him in second year he's already established not even established but he's still learning but the way we saw this batman learning on the job and still having like a fear and knowing he's not perfect like things you could tell that he was doing for the first time Mm -hmm. and being apprehensive about it and like unsure of himself we've never seen an unsure of himself batman before like every batman we've seen before is like he's perfect at this and he can make no mistakes and he's just gonna go in and no one's gonna ever touch him and he's and he's uh He's just going to win no matter what because he's Batman. In this movie, you're like, I don't know, man. He kind of seems like he don't know what the fuck he's doing right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but And so that I found that, like, very satisfying that, you know, we finally get to see a Batman like that that isn't just a professional in 100% of what he's doing. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. Um, and that just added to my enjoyment for this. Well, and it, it made the action in this film different because it was filled with those kind of like mistakes in some ways for the action as well as just he was still getting his feet wet with what he was going to do and his his toys and things so i mean the action sequences were placed a lot more sparingly than your typical superhero film i mean he really didn't 
pound the pavement too hard. I mean, it, it was solving crimes. I mean, like, like we said, this is a murder mystery movie mm-hmm. yeah. with Batman solving is the lead detective. So, I mean, the action was different in this, which was a kind of a re- breath of fresh air for the volume of superhero movies that we get now. And we have these big CGI battles and these big things. And, you know, you just kind of are like, okay, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. So seeing a different kind of action, I think that this movie brought was also refreshing. Yeah, totally, man. I'm with you. So that seems like a good, pretty good original thoughts for us. I mean, I could tell we both liked it. Like you said, this is just, it's a serial killer crime procedural movie that you just threw Batman in in the best way in Gotham city. You know what I mean? It's like watching the Zodiac killer or seven and you just throw Batman in there to solve it instead of Brad Pitt or, uh, or um, what was the other guy who was in the Zodiac killer? (laughs) Right. So um, I'd watch just in the, in in the best way possible. So um, I'd watch that one minus you just got to swap out Kevin Spacey. I'd be in. There you go. <laughs> um, the last thing I think spoiler free that we can really still talk about that I think really shaped this movie was the music. Yes. It was a completely different style of music than we get for Batman. And it, it just shaped the mood of this whole movie with this very somber, mm-hmm. dark. I mean, this is a dark movie. At one point, the sun came up and I was like, <gasps> The sun does come up on Gotham because you just saw everything. But I mean, hearing, I mean, and it was in the trailer as well, but hearing just Nirvana and seeing how far they pulled that theme through this whole movie was kind of just crazy to me. It was just a different kind of, like I said, different kind of Batman, the way that they did the music and the, usually it's a lot more orchestra and a lot more like, yeah, big and pump you up. And this was very moody. Yeah, a very somber. I mean, you still had your strings. It was heavily, you know, strings and and orchestral, but just in a different. They approached it in a different way than I would say. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is the Nolan films, where everything's big and huge and bombastic, and this did mm-hmm. have that, that as well. But it also had like its quiet moments, and uh, everything just fit really well. Like the score and in this movie is kind of like its own character to me mm-hmm. in the way we're, we're saying, you know, Gotham is its own character. Like the score played its role as well, you know, could have been listed in the character list, you know, also starring the score of this movie. Um, so, you know, props to Michael Giacchino, I think is his name who scored this movie, but um, I've seen things written like people saying he's the next John Williams and, and just by, just by this movie alone like he he really he really went he really went there man and and it's a 10 for me on the score I, i've been listening to the soundtrack on spotify already nice. today just like driving around going to my haircut today like i want to listen to the batman soundtrack and it was great uh <laughs> i'm gonna have to do that I, I always forget that i can look up soundtracks on spotify yeah you totally can gotta do that don't don't forget uh yeah and the the nirvana song great um i'm sitting there they played it i think it was it needle dropped two times in this movie yeah. um but it was great in the trailer too and then i was like man this this movie just feels like the um almost like the Al- the nirvana album never mind in a way mm-hmm. you know i don't know how to describe it but it just gives me that same visceralness like raw feeling of yeah, that the album. angst the, the, angst the grunginess the angst the yeah, anger dude. 
I was like, they could have done a fight scene and just started playing Smells Like Teen Spirit, and I would have been okay with it. Uh, but but that could, uh, been, that could have been something else, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, big fan of of, of all the audio audio delights. It, it, it shaped film. it shaped the Gotham. It shaped the movie. Um, obviously, music's always important in any movie, whether you notice it or not. But it definitely shaped the story, shaped the feelings, the emotions. That just was great. And then, yeah, the couple needle drops they had of Nirvana and a couple other things was just it was top notch. So I agree. Done. I think it's time to talk spoilers. Oh, and let's spoil. So if you don't want anything spoiled, now's the time to bounce. But if you've already watched the movie. Stick around. But before we do, we want to let you know that this episode of Raise the Geek is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Now it's time for spoilers for the Batman. So put the kids to bed and get ready to be spoiled. And Don, I've been waiting for this section so we could talk about it. Biggest question. Does, uh, does Dolly know that uh, Bruce Wayne is Batman? <laughs> Dolly, you gotta tell the people who Dolly is. Oh, well, if you're listening at this point, you saw it. You know who Dolly is. Apparently, someone else works in, in lives in uh, Wayne Manor there yeah. with Alfred and uh, Bruce. <laughs> so, I mean, she has to know unless she's just stupid and doesn't <laughs> pay attention that something weird is going on. Uh, maybe she only works well, the day shift and just thinks he sleeps all day. Maybe he's a ragamuffin. Maybe. As long as the check's clear, she doesn't care. Uh, but I don't know. Made her sign an NDA. Who knows? That's a that's a question. That is a good question. Who knows? Who I mean, knows? Is the next the next movie going to be about them? You know, somebody kidnapping Dolly and right. He's going to have to save his housekeeper. That is one thing. This movie never, like all other Batman movies, kind of get into how the Batcave is connected to the to the manor you know what i mean and i never really got a huge feel for that of like well where is it exactly you know what i mean does he just go down what you know they kind of they kind of didn't they kind of didn't play with that idea too much as in previous films no and if anything it almost looked separate to a large point because you know they showed him in the on the motorcycle going down into the subway and going through the wayne tunnels and stuff and seemed really disconnected from the thing now of course Alfred still showed up down there, which makes you think it's connected to the house. Right. Like, how else would he have just gotten down there, especially since this Alfred has a cane for some reason, which they didn't really More get wounds. into, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but aren't they doing, like, Alfred? Isn't this version of Alfred getting something on HBO or no? Did I make that up? I've been trying to keep track of what's coming. I know there's a Penguin, a Penguin's Rise to penguin show coming and an arkham show as well but i don't know about anything else i know there is some some spinoffs uh maybe there is something alfred related but eh, we'll see yeah i don't i know they have the pennyworth show but once again that's just another superhero show that i'm not watching no me neither alfred pennyworth uh so john biggest question coming into any batman movie when they're changing actors is robert pattinson well jesus i messed that up that's not the first question that anyone has. It's how did the actor do that played yeah. Batman? We got a new Batman here. He's the third or fourth or fifth person to take it over. Once again, doing a terrible job at this. But Robert Pattinson as Batman. How did you feel, man? Honestly, I think this is the sixth, isn't it? It might be the sixth. Depends on how um, far back you go. If you go back to Adam West. 
Well, yeah. West Keaton. West Keaton, Kilmer, Clooney. Oh, Kilmer. Yeah, I forgot about those two. Kilmer, Clooney. Kilmer, Clooney, Bale, and Affleck. So he's seven. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, before I, th- I talk about it, I want to I want to know your thought on when Pattinson was originally cast. What was your thought? I was down for it. I, I've been okay. on a Pattinson high for the past few years. I saw uh, Good Time, which I think is streaming on Netflix, and you should watch it because it's phenomenal. Um, but I watched him in that movie. I loved him in The Lighthouse. Watching him go like toe-to-toe with Willem Dafoe was just ridiculous to watch. Um, so I've seen a lot of his independent stuff that he had as he's grown up that I've really enjoyed. Those two are the ones that stand out the most. Uh, he was great in Tenet. I thought he did a good job in that one. So, I mean, I think he's really come to his own. So I was like, you know what? I could see him doing some Batman. Depends on what kind of Batman we're going to get. Um, but I really didn't have a problem with him being cast. It kind of worked for me from a casting standpoint. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. And I'm just asking because I know all the bros were like, oh, the Twilight guy. That's all, that's all you ever heard. It was like 15 years ago exactly i mean the guy made those movies when he was a young dude and and so what i mean like a role is just a role he was i would have made those movies exactly who's saying he can't just play a different role he's a good actor he's a good actor after me seeing the lighthouse that's all i needed to see yeah from him to know that he could do this and do it well you know if if the script and the movie you know predicated that it was going to be a good movie he could do well so Yeah, okay. I, mean, real, I was just curious. Realistically, Lighthouse is all you need because, I mean, he he was able to keep up with Willem Dafoe, who in that movie was like a natural disaster of acting. Like, he was ridiculous in that movie, and the fact that he got yeah. zero love for it is just a shame. And uh, the fact that Robert Pattinson was able to keep up with him in The Lighthouse is more than enough. Yeah. I mean, you don't need more than that. I, I mean, if you're listening and you haven't seen The Lighthouse, it's a tour de force from both of those guys honestly go watch that movie it's amazing yeah. um Pretty sure it's on yeah, that's a, yeah yeah that's all i needed but anyway i digress um robert pattinson man he really there's not much i can say about him that saying he didn't do well in this like he did pretty much everything that i'm looking for from a batman and it, it was in in a mostly impressive way um when i think batman i think serious okay pattinson checked that box brooding yeah he checked that box uh more than once more than once (laughs) rageful at times when he needs to be he checked that box in a way unlike any other actor playing this role ever has uh unrelenting and just won't stop like check that box so pretty much every box i need checked for batman like this guy hit it um he had the best looks like the facial just looks of batman the way i imagine batman looking at other people and you know situations that i that in my mind is just the way batman would look at things like this dude was doing it in ways that i haven't seen other christian bale didn't do it that way ben affleck never did it that way like this dude just like hit all those marks and like his the way he spoke as batman was great to me like i didn't have trouble understanding him in in ways that i couldn't understand past batman and like and wasn't um you know 
goofy about it like in some of the schumacher movies like i hate doing all these comparisons but it, it just proves adds to my point that every way i imagine batman acting this dude pulled it off which is was just like i was in awe watching it like dude this is batman i'm looking at him and this is just the bat this is the batman that i imagine in my mind the name of the movie <laughs> that's the name of the- full circle <laughs> oh you're making me choke <coughs> we're out here that's it good night everybody but, you know some people had issue with um in trailers early on just the way the suit looked but I thought the suit looked really good. I liked I liked the way it looked. I liked the way the nose was kind of a little different than the previous open, movies. Like, like it didn't cover it his open nose. At the, exactly. It was open at the bottom, kind of like imagine, you know, Daredevil from the MCU shows. And it makes more sense for it to be open so the dude can breathe. So like it's better that way anyway. And he and the mask didn't go all the way down the sides of his face and like restrict his neck. So it, it makes more sense. Like this is a DIY Batman in his second year. He made this suit with his own hand. So it's not gonna be a slick, perfect, you know, all rubber bodysuit like we've seen yeah. previously. Like this is a thing this dude hodgepodge together in his in his under his mansion. And you know, the same thing with his car, but we'll get to that. But just like this is the way a sophomore Batman would look. Yeah, um, and I you could I loved that you could see the seams. Yes. Like the patch that was the nose, like you could see where the suit was put together. And I just thought that was super, just super cool. So yeah, the face, helmet, mask, cowl just looked awesome. And I think Pattinson did something different um, because it's very easy to look past what he did as Batman and take it as one note. It's very easy to be like, ah, he was just kind of brooding the whole time. He's emo Batman. That's, I think, going to be the term that's going to come out or mm-hmm. has been coming out since that trailer when they showed him with the eye makeup on and his long hair and uh, emo Batman. But I think there's so much like layers to that performance. As you said, he was very quiet and he did so much with his eyes, his movements. Everything was so meticulous. He moved at one pace until he didn't. He walked out, you know, I mean, the first time you saw him, he did that casual walk out of the shadows, that real slow, just, that was so badass, man. And it was like every other time we've seen Batman for the first time, it's him swooping, swooping down and grabbing somebody. Or like they always go that horror movie route where it's like Batman showing up and it's scaring the things and they're, nope, this one, this dude just walked out of the shadows like like a fucking cowboy. Just you can hear the spurs <laughs> and the sound effect that they put in there that he just walked out there with all those like clown gang members on the subway and just walked out of the shadow super slow. And everything he did, he walked crime scenes slow but you watch his eyes and his eyes were always listening always looking always doing shit and it was just so cool to see him like all of those layers that i mean you really couldn't ask for more in a batman because he's the world's greatest detective as we said earlier so he's always bringing in clues and you know when you're if you're talking and cracking jokes or doing whatever else you're doing you're not paying attention to your surroundings and this batman paid attention to what was going around behind him he was always looking that's how he was able to to find selena kyle you know when he was trying to figure out who uh what the pitcher and who was having uh affair with the mayor and all of those things he was able to catch that because he was always paying attention and pattinson did such a good job of conveying that you know in his eyes and it was just so awesome to see those just meticulous movements and everything he did had a purpose and it was subtle but it was there and i really thought that that just took him to the next level yeah we're 100 on the same page with that he 
I felt when he when when he would walk into a scene that just like he was commanding the room. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He was just saying, you know, I'm Batman. I'm here. This is what I'm doing. I'm um I'm just here ready to go. You know when what I mean? He walked in after the after the opening where they killed the mayor, right? Mm-hmm. And then you saw Batman, that over shoulder shot of Batman walking through all the cops. And then yeah, it took me a second to even realize it was Batman. But then it's just like he's at the crime scene and all the cops are there. And like, what's he doing here? And just like putting you in that place at that moment of just like he's this vigilante. But Gordon's like, no, I need this dude because he's, he's helped me in off screen, you know, for these two years. And, and he's like our best chance at this. You yeah. know what I mean, and just having Batman in the room full of cops and it was just a visual we'd never seen before at a brutal crime scene like, oh. It was just so perfectly, it was just a perfect way to open the movie. Yeah, and and that also spoke to the relationship that Batman and Gordon had, which I liked that it was already kind of established in a way. Yep. Like you just said, you could tell that they, Gordon had probably found Batman to be beneficial to him then in the past, and they'd kind of grown this rapport with each other. Mm-hmm. And I liked that because that is, you know, straight out of the comics too. You know, Gordon is the one cop who, who recognizes that Batman is a vigilante and he's not doing things by the book, but he's also like our best chance at saving lives and saving people and solving these crimes. Um, yeah, dude, I loved every second of that. How, I mean, because we, I don't know how, if it'll come back. So I'm just going to ask real quick, how'd you feel about Jeffrey Wright coming in and being Gordon? Um, I thought his Gordon was okay. It was pretty good. I prefer Gary Oldman's Jim Gordon, to be honest. Um, and that's not saying anything bad against Jeffrey Wright. That's just kind of like he, I don't think the Gordon in this movie had a ton of space to work with. I don't know. Uh, if you watch, if you go and watch the year one animated movie or read year one, that is almost like a 50 50 Gordon Batman story. Yeah. So when Gordon, when, when Gordon is written to have, more to do i feel like he would shine more but he didn't have a ton to do he was just kind of on the side but there was nothing wrong with the performance i did like it yeah he, um, looked, he looked good he acted good he moved yeah i mean i i enjoyed everything about him it just i i did because i enjoyed jeffrey wright as an actor i really wanted to see more and when it seemed like they were almost like 50 50 like teamed up and he was bringing them in um, I was wanting a little bit more of that. And even now saying it, I guess they did get some good scenes, especially towards the back half of the movie where they started like tag team and stuff when they started like trying to get the Riddler or not Riddler Penguin. And, you know, they were both showing up interrogating uh, these people. That was kind of fun. So he was yeah. probably more memorable than I'm giving him credit for at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely nothing wrong with the performance. I just wish he would have had more to do. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um. But swinging back around to Batman, you mentioned the Batmobile. So where does this Batmobile rank? How do you, how did you feel about the uh, souped-up Fast and Furious uh, Batmobile? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we all saw the this Batmobile already in trailers and everything. So it's basically just like a souped-up muscle car yeah. is the Batmobile in this. Um, I'll talk about the Batmobile and the scene that it's in, the one main scene that it's in, kind of in the same breath. Um cool batmobile liked it a lot because it fits the it fits the narrative of where we're at like this batman in his second year would not have the tumbler like christian bale's batman had he wouldn't have a tank riding around he would have a 
uh, a challenger or a Mustang that he souped up in his basement. And that's, that's Batman's car. That's what he would have. So that makes sense. That's perfect. Yeah. But the scene, this Batmobile was in, in this movie was probably the best car chase scene I've ever seen. If not like in the top five, um, it was unbelievable, man. I love that scene. Like I was feeling anxiety the entire time. Just like, weaving in and out of rush hour traffic and semi trucks are trying to fall and batman's trying to catch up to penguin and his porsche or whatever he's in and two fast cars just racing through traffic i don't know man i just it just gave me all kinds of crazy feelings and you know why i loved every second of it you know why because they made it rain and all i kept thinking was oh my god is are the tires gonna skid because i'm used to my (laughs) cheap ass cars that whenever it starts raining all of a sudden i'm fishtailing all over the place yeah yeah i'm like oh my god they're gonna lose traction right i felt very nervous for both of them the entire time like they're gonna crash and stuff's just falling all over but man yeah fantastic scene what'd you think of it the 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 introduction of the batmobile in this movie was outstanding like i know they've liked to and show it off but i mean once again i think there was a lot of western motif in this movie and this was another one it it mirrored the opening when you first saw batman where all of a sudden it was like everybody was getting ready to like pounce on selena outside the the warehouse or wherever the hell they were and all of a sudden you just heard that car turn on in the shadows and you just and then the lights come on and everyone's just staring at it and then he's just revving and the car's just like jumping at him and then they're like we gotta go and then he peeled out of the shadows and just took off and then he jumped into that but that introduction of that that slow once again methodical just approach to being Batman. Like, I'm not just going to swoop in. I'm not going to fly around a corner. I'm not going to jump off a building or jump from rooftop to rooftop. It's just, I'm in the shadows and I'm going to turn this bitch on. And you're just going to be like, and just, I'm just going to intimidate you with the power behind this car. And that was just phenomenal. And then it did go into the chase where I'm sitting there watching and I'm watching it and I'm like, they're just on the highway. Like this isn't, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of like car chase scenes where you're like born identity, where they're going up and down stairs or like transporter movies and like France, mm-hmm. these narrow alleyways and crazy car chase scenes that stick with you. And this one didn't have any of that. It was literally just a straight way on the run, but the way it was put together with the rain and the darkness, and you couldn't really see what was going on. And then they really just put you in traffic, which is something we've all experienced. I remember at one point when they, uh, when like they did the camera and like penguins car was coming and then the car stopped in front of him and he was like whoa he had to like hit his brakes that's something we've all experienced <laughs> yeah. in the he was theater, like get was like, out of my way <laughs> i yelled in the theater i was like whoa um because <laughs> yeah. it startled me like i was like no because i've been in that position where all of a sudden the car in front of you stops a little shorter than you expect and you're like hitting your brakes so you don't hit them so it's just um it i think it it played with a lot of driving things that we're used to driving in so it's not like you know you watch someone jump from rooftop to rooftop or stupid fast and furious stunts and you're like oh, i don't know how to experience that i've never done that but this chase was just like hey i'm doing an 80 mile per hour chase in the rain in the dark on a crowded highway yeah it was, it yeah, was it, memorable it, in that way it just more speaks to like how grounded this movie actually was like it's more real a more realistic chasing and like you just said flying from rooftops and and going up the back of um you know one of those trucks that other always like 
that the other cars are on you know what i'm talking about yeah a semi truck that's carrying other cars that has those ramps well they still like, did that in this movie but yeah did they that was how <laughs> he got out of, when they when they exploded everything they showed him hit his boosters and they showed him look at one of those ramps and that's how he got the air to get out so they still did that one <laughs> okay i guess well you can't get away from that one i guess that's the only way you can get air but but you know what i mean like yeah. just it was more realism more real is like the way a real high speed chase would go yeah um and that just added to the anxiety of it and the just you know the tenseness so i was i was really into that love the batmobile um it wasn't flashy um nothing will ever top the batman the animated series batman uh batmobile for me but this one's pretty pretty damn good um I loved it, man. To walk back a second, because we should have brought that we should have brought this up when we were talking earlier. I think I went on a sidebar and never came back. But when we were talking about it's like suits and gadgets, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel about that suit being pretty bulletproof? <laughs> he got shot a lot. He got shot he a did. lot in this movie. And that is one of my little gripes with the movie. It it's a little too impervious. Um I don't know. When I imagine Batman, I imagine him more trying to avoid being shot than just walking straight into gunfire. Um, But I knew that was coming just from the trailers in this movie. Uh, But I'm more looking for Batman to avoid the bullets than just taking them head on. So that is one little gripe. Uh, They didn't do it in a way that was too, you know, too negative and too unbelievable for me to like accept, but you know him taking him taking a shotgun blast at close range and then people with ar-15s just going balls to the wall you know and none of them nobody was aiming at his chin or his eyes the only exposed places on his body uh and he never had any blood on his face at all you know that's a little that's a little grape i remember we used to say that when we were watching like robocop back in the day why don't they shoot him in the mouth (laughs) just shoot him in his face uh (laughs) you can see his face just shoot him there yeah but uh you know there's there's also a scene in here where the the da's head explodes and oh, batman yeah. is standing right next to him and just flies backwards and like okay i can buy that he would survive but he's not like bleeding or anything on his face they, they knocked i mean at least he passed out like at least that <laughs> right. shook him yeah i mean like he didn't he didn't walk away from that one right and that was i guess my buyable buy-in for it was the fact that he always kind of at least showed that that wasn't ideal. And I think that does kind of come back to the rookiness of this Batman where he's just kind of like, I don't know what to do. Um, yeah. That shotgun blast to the chest in, at, towards the end, that one was badass though. Like that came out of nowhere and it lifted him up and you could tell that he was done. Yeah. That did kind of put him down for the count. He was kind uh, of done. So um, he was till he popped some venom and jumped back up. But <laughs> Yeah, but there's there's just a lot of Batman suits we're used to in the past where like any kind of him getting shot at all just would kill him. Yeah. Um, but he set it up so it wouldn't in this movie. So I didn't have a huge problem with it, but it just got kind of got a little like, okay, he can't be shot. So yeah, it, it was became good. a lot. I wish they would have toned it down and used it at I think that I wish they would have used it at just more like bigger moments, like the shotgun blast at the end, you know, that put him right. down and you know, oh, you know, even the explosion I was okay with. Um, it was, yeah, when he was just getting wailed on by AR-15s constantly and he's just holding up his arm and just taking them, I'm like, okay. 
Um, is this Superman or Batman? Am I'm watching? Yeah, it was a little. Uh, yeah. It was a little much, but that was the last for his gadgets and his suits. But it was kind of interesting. Um, one of the things that they did change with this Batman was they kind of went into as as Don said earlier in the spoiler free section. He talked about his parents, and we didn't get to we didn't watch his parents die in this movie. But in the opening, they did kind of say, "Hey, they were murdered twenty years ago." And it was an unsolved murder. So you're like, okay, so they at least put it in your head where we're at, what that story is without showing it, which was cool. Um, but then that ultimately became a big part of this story. And it kind of gave me amazing Spider-Man vibes where they're like, okay, Peter Parker's parents are going to be spies. You know, so then it was like, now they're kind of become the corrupt politicians and we're teasing mm -hmm. some of that stuff. Um, so how did you feel that like tying in his parents to the larger story that was happening in this movie? Cause obviously we had Riddler kind of exposing, you know, going through and murdering all these high officials to kind of bring out the truth as to what's going on in Gotham city and expose who is behind everything. And it seemed like he had a lot of information that he was trying to expose to the general public. And that kind of started involving Bruce's parents. So, I mean, how do you feel about that involvement in them? Yeah, <clears throat> I guess this most to the most, you know, most Batman fans will look at this as a kind of a retcon of Thomas and Martha Wayne because they're not used to them being told in this way. Like the average run of the mill Batman fans like Thomas Wayne never ran for mayor. Martha Wayne was never, um, you know, committed, committed to Arkham Asylum or, or whatever. Uh, I guess I did look. I have to look deeper because I wasn't even very familiar with those threads. Um, I think something, something like that was written in the book earth zero Batman earth zero, where they kind of played with those themes that Thomas would run for mayor and, and Martha's cutting the whole thing, yeah. but it, it was kind of different to me. Um, I didn't hate it, but I, it's just something I wasn't like used to yeah. them telling, telling Thomas in that way. Like you don't, you always just think of, Thomas Wayne being a perfect man that Bruce wants to fight for and Martha yeah. being, you know, could do no wrong kind of parents. So them kind of introducing this thread. Well, well, yeah, they were part of this corruption and, and bad stuff going on in Gotham was a little different and jarring something we're not used to. I wasn't against it. I liked that. It kind of like played it itself fit. out. It fit. And, and Alfred explained the entire thing to Bruce saying, you know, you know, your, your parents were human and they made mistakes too, which brings us back to grounding, you know, this being a grounded story and no one can be a uh, perfect person, but <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was interesting. And I, I, I was along for the ride. Um, it makes me interested to read Batman earth zero mm -hmm. or earth one. I think it's actually called earth one uh, to like kind of get into that story more and see where that, inspiration kind of came from bringing it back around how'd you feel andy circus did i have a confession first okay uh, which i talked to you before uh alfred i thought was good and i'll talk about it more but a big part of this movie is riddler was targeting bruce wayne which we've kind of spoken to and i don't know what else happens after that because that was the point where i went to use the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> when supposedly alfred gets uh blown up or something yeah. you'll you're gonna have to fill me in on that because i i saw the scene where um gordon and batman were watching this projection video of like oh bruce wayne's the next target and then he just disappears and then i was like i gotta go pee this is a three-hour movie i was like this is my time Nothing crazy is going to happen. 
And then when I got back, I was like, I asked my wife, what did I miss? She was like, oh, they tried to kill Bruce, but it accidentally got Batman. I'm like, what? Or it got uh, Alfred. So is that what happened? I don't know. You got to tell yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, because then they were, because then uh, Bruce jumped, or Batman jumped in his car and was like, we got to, I got to get back home. So he starts calling the house and calling the house and calling the house. And then they're sitting there and the phone's ringing and then they're showing like different time things. So they're showing like the phone ringing and Alfred's opening the mail while the phone's still ringing. And you're like, why isn't Alfred answering the phone? And that was when Dolly first showed up. And you're like, oh, housekeeper Dolly. She's the one who answered the phone. But uh, then, then, then they show the Riddler package there. So as they're kind of piecing it together, you just have this. It was very familiar of like the, the race in the Dark Knight to save a uh, girl. I forgot her name. Oh, Katie Holmes, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal's uh, character. I forgot yeah. her name in the movie, but where you're like, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Rachel. Um, trying to save Rachel. It was very similar to that, where you just kind of had this race where he's trying to get home and trying to contact Alfred. And then he finally gets through and it's it's Dolly picks up the phone and she's like, Master Bruce, I've been trying to call you for hours. And then yeah. uh, he's like, something bad's going to happen. And then she's like, it already did. And then they showed like the package exploded and okay. was made for him now it was one of my weaker parts of the movie because i was sitting there thinking like the riddler has set up all of these elusive and just very particular like jigsaw-esque traps to capture all of these people but then for bruce wayne he's just gonna send a package a letter bomb that anybody can open he's like oh but i wrote for bruce's eyes only so all of his housekeepers won't open it bruce will open his own mail like I was like, really? That that was out of all of your whys and these these crazy schemes and clever inventions that you have. That's your that's your trick to try to get Bruce Wayne is send him a yeah. letter bomb. Like he beat all his other victims with a carpenter tool in the head in a brutal yeah. fashion. Yeah. But for Bruce Wayne, it's just a letter bomb. Yeah, yeah. we're just funny. gonna explode him. He'll open his own mail. <laughs> yeah, that's I thought funny. that was weak. Um, I was like, really? Yeah. And I got excited about that because I was thinking like, oh, shit, is, I thought we were going to get a shift where he was going to go and be Bruce Wayne to like be the bait and do I, th I really thought we were going down a different path. And I was like, this is going to be cool. I was like, how cool is that? That's like a perfect like wrinkle in Riddler's plan. If he's sitting there trying to get Bruce Wayne, not realizing that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And then it's mm -hmm. like, oh, you could really have some fun with that. So I, I really think that was a missed opportunity. I mean, it would have changed the entire trajectory of the movie, but sure it was a missed opportunity i thought that would have been cool yeah um but back to your original question circus was a uh, serviceable alfred i would say um i don't need too much from alfred for me to be satisfied uh i can't go back to any previous batman movie and be like that alfred sucked they're all just you know they're all fine uh maybe a little more of him too there wasn't a ton of him i mean in the, in the scene the most touching scene between him and Bruce happens about halfway through the movie where he's like, where Bruce is basically saying, you know, I didn't want to lose another person close to me. And they have their touching moment and they hold hands. And then you never see Alfred again. Like not even at the end of the movie, they don't even check back in and just be like, Alfred was okay. You know what I mean? That was our last Alfred scene halfway through yep. the movie. And it, it made so, me laugh because like Alfred wakes up from being like in a coma after he was exploded. And then the first thing Bruce says, he did, like there was no relief. It was just like, tell me about my parents <laughs> no it was like alfred's smiling at him because he's like oh bruce i'm alive and bruce's like you lied to me my whole <laughs> life like, like jesus let me just wake up for a second i know right God. i was in a coma i don't know if you noticed yeah that killed me i was just like man that was a harsh way to 
<laughs> I was glad they brought it back around to like happiness, but I mean, yeah. it started rough. I was like, whew. like, damn, Bruce, give him a second to open his eyes. Jeez. <laughs> it made me laugh. So do you think that they should have killed Alfred though? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, Alfred is important. I think especially if they have a trilogy planned out in this, you're going to need Alfred moving forward for other things. Um, so well, not necessarily know, that's, that's a current storyline in comics right now where they've they've killed alfred and they've kind of left that keep going they haven't brought him back in any real form as far as i'm aware and there's a lot of repercussions that come from killing Af- alfred more than you kind of realize um so it's, it's kind of cool and i thought maybe they were taking this opportunity to do that and really kind of throw that but then of course they didn't as far as we know he could have died off screen yeah, I mean, the difference in the comics is Batman has a much more uh, populated support system mm-hmm. after Alfred. In these movies, it's basically Batman and Alfred. If you take Alfred from him, he's got nothing. In the comics, he's got Dick Grayson, Babs, all his Robins, everybody, the whole Bat family um, mm-hmm. who can help him get through. But I don't think you can take Alfred from him this early in a in a movie trilogy. But um I don't know. We'll see. I hear you. No, and they, clearly they didn't. So they're with you. It's yeah. fine. Just out of curiosity. So any final thought? I mean, obviously it's not going to be final thoughts on Batman, but final thoughts on just that character, Pattinson's performance, just kind of overall how they handled his arc all the way through. I guess that was probably the closing thing for at least Batman as a character. How did how did you feel about his just arc in general, where you kind of had he started one way, but then did end this movie. There was a lot of growth in him realizing he was doing things the wrong way and realizing that, hey, I'm inspiring the wrong people. And I think coming back to Pattinson being in this, I thought he was, and I, I think the story needed it, but he was kind of a very rough Bruce Wayne because he never, he was always Batman. Like he never, mm-hmm. even when he was walking around as Bruce Wayne, he still was trying to figure out the mystery. He was still, he was still Batman. He just wasn't wearing a mask. And, yeah. uh, you never got to see Bruce Wayne as we're used to seeing him. He had the funny emo hair hanging in his face the whole time. He looked always like he was like, he was about to cry. And so it kind of made (laughs) this Bruce Wayne different. And I don't necessarily know if that's Pattinson unable to be Bruce Wayne, but I think the overall meaning of this story is he need. I mean, I think that's the big takeaway from this whole movie is that he needs to be Bruce Wayne. I mean, they've even talked about at that funeral. I think uh, the new mayor, said like hey i thought you were going to keep the philanthropy going in your family and do good for this town and he just kind of ignores her so i think ultimately that's where they're going with that but i mean overall just as an arc of that character how do you feel it was received how did you feel about his Mm -hmm. bruce wayne portrayal yeah i've and i've seen that people complaining like well he played a bad bruce wayne well no he didn't play a bad bruce wayne he played uh bruce wayne who was still traumatized by what happened to his family and is still just learning to deal with it. You know, what, what he's going to be as Bruce Wayne in the future might change, but we're the story we're telling right now is the point he's at in his life where he doesn't care about Bruce Wayne. He doesn't care about the Wayne family, what his image to the rest of Gotham city. Like he's just Batman Mm -hmm. mask on or mask off. It doesn't matter. Like that's who he is right now. He's vengeance. I mean, that's exactly what he said multiple times throughout the movie. I am vengeance. That's what I am. And that's what he was with or without the mask. And 
Yeah, so he's not worried about philanthropist Bruce Wayne and billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. He's not worried about that right now. So that part didn't bother me at all. I actually liked it. I appreciated that, that that's the story we're telling where even when his mask is off, he's he's just consumed by, you know, being Batman and and saving people and stopping evil and everything. Um, That was one of the things that I really enjoyed the most because I was struggling to figure out, which we'll talk about here in about 30 seconds, but I struggled with what the point of this movie was. It hit kind of a point where I was like, what is this movie about? You know, when they captured the Riddler and it really Mm -hmm. felt like this movie was coming to an end, you know, and it was like, okay, we kind of did our three arcs here. What's going on and i was trying to figure out like what was this movie about and then you had the whole flooded city and the whole climb what ultimately ended up being the fourth act climax of this movie and then when the movie ended and you realized oh this really entire movie was about him realizing how important bruce wayne is and how he can't do what he's batman doesn't work without bruce wayne you have to have that other side because you have to have somebody trying to fix it in the daylight ultimately you can't mm-hmm. fix it just going to the street and trying to stop crime. You have to fix it with the power that you have. And he has that power. And I just thought that was really cool because I didn't see that storyline, especially for it to ultimately be kind of the heavy lesson hurt, like that he learned from this whole thing. Because his whole like solving the Riddler and actually, st- I mean, he really didn't stop the Riddler from really doing anything. Riddler, outside of Bruce Wayne, Riddler killed everyone he wanted to kill and he blew up the seawall and flooded the town and killed hundreds more. So, I mean, like Batman really didn't save the day in this movie, <laughs> but yeah. it was about him realizing the power that he has as Bruce Wayne. And I thought that was, it was powerful when it ultimately came together and I didn't see it coming, which was cool. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's, and Riddler kind of getting all the kills he wanted to, that was also kind of foreshadowed in the beginning of this movie, which was one of the best openings of a batman movie ever and a little sidebar i love that he was narrating himself uh we didn't talk about that yet yeah he was doing the rorschach i love dude i love that he narrates himself in the comics he's never narrated himself in these movies and that's just like this was the first time where it's just him like this is my city and i i am the shadows and you just hear him narrate himself like dude that's so freaking cool but uh anyway uh that was kind of for foreshadowed in that part where he you know he's narrating to himself like i can't be everywhere i can't save everyone this is a big city so yeah i mean the riddler is gonna kill these politicians and these gotham elites and he is gonna terrorize this city but i'm just gonna basically he learned through this movie like i'm gonna do everything that i can and by the end of it he changed from i am vengeance to you know i can be a beacon of hope kind of to gotham and when people see me and they see me you know extending my hand to them i'm there to help you and not just be a uh, a scary you know figure in the shadows who just beats up criminals i'm i'm also here to give the people of gotham when they see me they know that you know i'm here to help and here to save you you know what i mean 100 um so that's kind of his journey throughout this uh yeah man loved it talking about it with you realizing more that i just love that even more yeah um, just it was a good unexpected story yeah that totally. i wasn't there well let's let's i'm sure we'll come back around in all these moments but let's talk about this riddler that we did we had paul dano be the riddler and he mm-hmm. kind of this was kind of a modernized origin no more edward enigma um 
Yeah. Edward Norris or something. But anyway, we had a modernized, very kind of like a fringe Riddler kind of built online orphan, you know, backstory a little bit once we really dove into it. Um, how'd you feel about Paul Dano's performance? I know I, I read somewhere that he insisted on wanting to wear the mask that he wore pretty much throughout the whole movie, which I think was kind of cool. Um, I think that really worked and it worked on so many different levels that I'm always like, what the hell were they going to do with this movie? If Paul Dano is the one who's like, put a mask on me. I mean, that mask kind of really came into play in this fourth act at the end with all the other like guys coming in and taking the place of the Riddler. I was like, what were they going to do if they didn't? What was in the script before Paul <clears throat> Dano got cast? Yeah, it was definitely a reimagined Riddler. And that's like to say the least. Uh, we've never seen a Riddler really like this throughout comics or movies. I mean, Jim Carrey is the only real comparison you have, but um, yeah, you can't compare them. I mean, no, but I mean, they're two totally different things. You can find some versions of the Riddler in comics that's somewhat close, but never to get this much. Usually he's not a hand to hand or he doesn't no, do the dirty work. He's never been this brutal. Yeah. He he's just uh in the comics, he's more of just like a matching, he wants to match wits with Batman and you know, lay traps, which this Riddler did did, but just in a more very deadly way. Um, <clears throat> and like you said, he's he's this Riddler was very willing to get his hands dirty and get in there and do the dirty work and basically just be a serial killer, you know what I mean? Um Yeah, that whole he, opening was just him being a serial killer. Yeah, and, and the first scene with him there in the shadows was freaking creepy as hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, was this the most brutal version of Riddler you could probably ever imagine? Yes. Could this just have been any serial killer and you just slap a name on it? Maybe. Um, so was it only the Riddler in name or did they just want to have a serial killer going around doing stuff? I don't know. But I did like it. I thought it was I thought it was a good performance by him. Um, <clears throat> he hit a lot of the notes that reminded me of, you know, I mean, it's we've been doing comparisons this whole time. But, you know, you, just a visceral performance. You think Heath Ledger's Joker, he, he hit a lot of the notes that like made what made you like that performance. You know, he's mm -hmm. just a very brutal um, guy who's just just scary. And you can imagine in real life, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, he, he had to maximize what time he had, because obviously he was more terrorizing from the shadows. He wasn't given monologues. Really, I mean, until they uncovered and found him, he really didn't have an opportunity to shine. So, I mean, he was just more or less outside of a couple little like viral videos and stuff. He, he didn't really get, especially without the mask, he didn't get much time to really act. But I right. think he took advantage of it a lot to really kind of make you unsettled. Um, and I really think you couldn't you needed the Riddler for this, you know, cause any serial killer could have killed these people. But I mean, the Riddler obviously was, had the clues and wanted them to solve things. And if you wouldn't have solved these things, you wouldn't have found the next clue, which would have led you, you know, it's like you, he needed Batman to set everything in motion and he needed somebody to solve these things. So I think making it be the Riddler, I thought was cool to have him be a little bit more, like I said, brutal and sadistic. Yeah. But it worked yeah, for the story. Because the point of the Riddler is he wants to commit these crimes, but he also wants to kind of dangle Batman along with him because that's what he finds fun about it mm -hmm. is to he wants to match brain power and smarts with you. And he wants you to 
um, you know, realize how smart he is. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And he, he kind of wants to make you make mistakes along the way and realize you're dealing with somebody who's actually smarter than you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that that's so that Riddler did this, too. Um, I'm with you. I wish he would have had a little more screen time. Uh, the majority of him was kind of presented just as a visual on the other side of a phone, like FaceTiming and yeah. stuff, you know they they kind of delved delved into that digital world where he was just you know on the other side of a computer i would have liked to see him more just like in your face in a scene with batman um but but that's the the kind of story they were going for was more of a cat and mouse kind of a thing so of course yeah he's gonna see him on the other side of a phone as a clue yeah thematically Uh, it worked right it did so he he definitely worked with the the space he was given so i i got nothing against this paul dano's performance i thought it was pretty good the scene with him and batman in the jail um i liked it better the first time i saw it in the dark night uh just kidding but uh no it, it was it was it was good um do you think just asking it yes do you think he knows batman's identity or do you think they were just playing with us uh i don't think he knows um because he was he started that monologue of basically saying bruce wayne and really making you feel like i think i feel like the movie was wanting us as an audience to think he knew um more than he actually did i think they made a point to make us as viewers realize oh he doesn't really know but they didn't make it super obvious so i bet you there's still people out there who didn't catch that part yeah that riddler doesn't know because it wasn't super obvious but i mean i caught it and had to think about it i was like oh Okay. Yeah, he's but, the um, only one we missed, and then right, 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 and then 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 all of a sudden, then Batman's demeanor changed, and he got a little bit more like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna rage out on you. Yeah, but definitely a cool scene between them. I like that um, dynamic that they shared. Whenever, whenever they have a monologue versus monologue, Batman and uh, uh, actor who can carry his own weight too. So that was fun. I liked the Riddler pretty much. Um, he was he was fun i think i mean obviously he's the best version that we got i mean obviously you're comparing it to jim carrey and he did what he was i mean he got hired to do he was hired to be jim carrey in a leotard and that's what he did um so you can't really knock him for it but yeah this is definitely more on par with the riddler more brutal definitely but Mm -hmm. um, i think it was a, a cool version of it and i liked a lot of the ideas that he was thinking and once again it was a perfect catalyst for batman to realize he's inspiring the wrong people and I think sure. that, that was a, a cool way to do it. Now, I guess that does tie into, once again, coming back to the length of this movie. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I was sitting there in the theater and doing that prison scene, and it really felt like the movie was wrapping up. And I'm sitting there like, what is the point of this movie? And really, like, was there a climax and what was going on? And I know you mentioned earlier that there was probably, like, 30 minutes you could cut out of this movie or you would have liked to. What would you have cut? I mean, did you need that fourth act the flooding of the town like riddler's final step and bringing in the the other riddlers to start shooting people or i mean those scenes were fun but <clears throat> i feel like they could have crammed those in earlier mm-hmm. you know what i mean the climax of this movie to me was them catching edward nigma yeah. which him giving himself up is a whole nother argument i have like why did he do that he never had to do that mm-hmm. what was the point yeah uh he could have just escaped and still he did escape he could have just but why did he let himself yeah. get i don't know arrested we don't know we don't know that especially um, if he had a whole other step mm-hmm. to his plan 
Like he knew he was going right. to blow shit up still. So why didn't he? What's the point of going to jail? You could still be out and free yeah. and all that stuff would have happened anyway. I don't know. I think that was just like a reason to get him finally unmasked and have him and Batman finally have a conversation with each other, Probably. which is all fine and fine and good. But yeah, um, yeah, this the, that is one of my small gripes is this movie could have ended, it seems like a few different times, but it just kept going. Um, in the end, it's not a huge problem, but definitely could have been shortened. And I don't know. Um, I was like, oh, we're still going. Okay. All right. Let me get comfortable think about when i'm gonna take my second p here because yeah. uh but uh yeah it was well, it was long let's move on before people start thinking about it. that about this podcast <laughs> <laughs> they're still going catwoman real yeah. quick they gave her a diff- little bit different of an origin story um how'd you feel zoe kravitz did as catwoman did you want better more different no i thought she was fine she was good she's got the look more than any any actress who's probably ever played selena kyle that's mm-hmm. her biggest selling point yeah <clears throat> or one of her biggest selling points um i've seen some people gripe about the outfit that she's just wearing basically like a skull cap down as the her cowl but we got to remember this is her she's new too yeah you know what i'm saying I she like doesn't that. have a she doesn't have a cat woman outfit made in her closet that she's just going to throw on you know what i mean she's she's brand new at this just like batman's brand new at this so um that's a comic accurate portrayal right there um i didn't think she was given a chance to really do anything villainous which is one of the things that catwoman we like about catwoman is like she's sometimes villain sometimes ally to batman i think she was just kind of presented as his ally mostly throughout the whole thing just like you know she has some tendencies to steal and whatever but besides that yeah, she was um, willing to she kicked that dude off the building she was she was well okay yeah she didn't him dying. she didn't care about that part and i guess she wanted to kill carmine as well yeah shout out john tuturo we're not going to have time to talk about him much but he did a good job dude um, that dude is a beast he just comes out there and i was just like okay here we go and yeah he just <sighs> yeah definitely but um yeah i was all right with her performance you? Yeah, yeah, she was cool. I enjoyed uh, the, some of the tie-ins. I, I enjoyed kind of the origin story that they told. You really got a feel for her. It wasn't just she got kicked off a building and resurrected by cats. Um, she was, you know, um, had a story. And they leaned heavy into the comics inspiration of, you know, her being of the streets and kind of homeless. And, you know, there's been pretty dark origin stories from her. Um and they kind of hinted at some of that and her being an illegitimate child for, for Falcone was cool. Um, I really didn't see that coming. I thought that was a really cool way they, they got me on that. I, I didn't see that coming. I wasn't really familiar with that uh, origin of her. So that kind of ca- caught me on go- off guard, which was fun. <clears throat> I don't usually get caught off guard too often. So that was mm-hmm. kind of uh, fun for that. Another for Jeff sure. Loeb influence. Yeah, that was presented in the one in Rome book, her being Carmine's daughter. So that is comic accurate in that way. But yeah, they, they kind of presented it to us in a way that made sense and it was fun. And it was a nice little twist for those who didn't see it coming. So yeah, big fan of Catwoman. I liked it. Yeah. Looking forward her, to more of her. Her and Pattinson had great chemistry. I thought they were good. Sure. They, like I said, they were doing a little bit more bat and cat versus Catwoman, but um, I thought that I enjoyed her. I liked when she was on the screen. I thought they gave her plenty of screen time and enough growth of a character that I thought they did. A, she was a good job. And I think she's probably my favorite 
film Catwoman? Yeah, probably so. I mean, Anne Hathaway's was eh. Um, I don't remember any of it. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, um, Michelle Pfeiffer's is iconic, but hers was very over the top. But that was you know Tim Burton's way. Yeah, I can't knock I can't knock that Catwoman at all. It was a, g- a great performance, but this one was most comic accurate, and um, <clears throat> so I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was super good time. Um, so now one of the things that they did with this movie was Gotham City was really for the not for the first time, but for the most was really kind of like the main char- one of the main characters of this movie. Like it was about the the inner workings, the city hall, the corrupt cops. That's always kind of been on the surface. But this one was really like getting down to it as to who is corrupt. And these are the targets for Riddler and uh, and really diving into the crime families. I know Nolan's versions had Maroney and had Falcone in it and doing a lot of those things. Um, so they were name drops and they were in them, but they were still not integral to the story that I can really remember. And this mm-hmm. was no, I mean, this movie was about Falcone. I mean, this was his movie ultimately when you look at it, which is kind of crazy to think about that he was kind of ultimately the big bad. I mean, you ultimately come around to him being Catwoman's father and murdering Bruce's parents and, you know, like running the whole city. Supposedly, supposedly supposedly. murdering. Um, But running this whole city for 20 years and really doing this now, it just begs the question because they, one of my gripes, I guess, is that they didn't show us, but does Gotham have any redeeming qualities? Like they showed us no moments of what Batman's trying to save, I don't think. Or, Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, can Gotham be saved? That's always been the eternal question with any Batman. Um, Reading any Batman comic is, you always ask yourself while reading any Batman, watching any Batman, playing any Batman video game, whatever kind of Batman multimedia you're involved in is, why would anyone live in Gotham City? Right. And you always ask yourself that question because it seems just like a crime-ridden cesspool um you got serial killers and super villains and clowns and Clayface and mr freeze and you got man bat flying around ripping people's heads off what are you doing in this town you idiots right uh, <laughs> right so i don't know that's just kind of like the comic bookness of it but yeah there's not much redeeming about gotham it's the same thing as like people talk about chicago though where i live like why would anyone live there it's nothing but crime but it's like the same thing like oh there's great times here too we just don't see the great times in gotham i guess yeah chicago has wonderful summers where you can go to the beach and go see a go to downtown and have a wonderful time shopping on yeah i mean they didn't show us any parades they didn't show us any like events yeah in the news it it would make my uh our hometown seem like the worst place to live in the world but we know there's fun things to do do, like go to a cubs game and whatever (laughs) like Uh, so in Gotham, I'm assuming there's the same thing. Like, well, Gotham's really nice during the day. You can go to the um, go to the museum and go to our beaches, and it's a wonderful time. And Joker's not um, gassing you at all, except at night. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't ride the subway at two in the morning, and you won't get mugged. <laughs> exactly. So, um, <clears throat> and I think that was the whole point of Batman Begins, wasn't it? That uh, Ra's al Ghul was like, "Yeah, Gotham's not worth saving. We're just going to blow it up." Right. Pretty We're much. Going to destroy it with fear it's a cesspool but uh yeah there's nothing there what we see in the movies it makes it seem like the worst place in the world to live but i did really like the way gotham was presented here it was a well fleshed out 
in its presentation and it made it feel lived in more than any other Batman movie has had. And I want you to kind of say what you said earlier about the way Nolan's Gotham was presented compared to this one. Well, like Nolan's movies, they're always praised for being grounded and being like Mm -hmm. reality. And I feel like Nolan's movies were always Gotham in the real world. And we're just going to throw Batman in it. Mm -hmm. And then like, this is what it's like if Batman was in our world, but this movie really felt like we were being taken to Batman's Gotham for the first time. And it was like his Mm -hmm. version of it as opposed to our version of it. So it's, it was kind of cool to see that this was comic book Batman. I mean, hundred percent comic book Gotham, comic book villains. I mean, this felt like I was watching a comic book more than any comic book movie I've seen in a long time. Yeah, definitely. And I told, that's why I wanted you to make sure you got that. That's what I said earlier, right? (laughs) Yeah. You said something just like that, but it's like, yeah, it's totally, that's totally true, man. If you think about it, Nolan's Gotham was basically large, huge city, so take your pick, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, anywhere, and you just plot Batman in there and call it Gotham City. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Like I love the I love those movies, but that's what honestly what those Gotham cities were. This Gotham City felt like its own world bubble Gotham City. Yeah. Like yeah. this is Batman's world. This is Riddler's world. This is Carmine Falcone's world. Like not just not just a major metropolis with gangsters in it and the occasional supervillain. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, just the the look of it and the feel of it were just different. Um, and not in a Tim Burton hokey kind of Christmassy way. Which don't get me wrong, I love Batman Returns, but that that movie's you know goofy. Uh, <laughs> this just was more a straight up comic book gotham city where i open the pages of my newest issue of batman or detective comics this is the gotham city i'm gonna see in those this is what i saw on the screen so that's that's the difference when i think they showed some stuff like i think towards the end of this movie when when bruce was realizing hey i need to be i need to bring the hope i think that's when you kind of saw those moments you know when he was trying to save the people from the from the collapse of the stadium and save the mayor and stuff and reach out his hand and they were all hesitant on whether or not they should trust him and stuff and then having him help the people and that girl grabbing his arm at the end when she's getting ready to go in the helicopter and just showing how much she appreciates and him like dawning like this is what i need to do i think that is the good of gotham city i think that's what you're supposed to be seeing i think that's what you're there to save and i think that was him realizing that because i think up to that point he was saving gotham for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. i think he was trying to do it for his dad and now he's realized his dad was flawed and you know i can't save it for my dad anymore so i need to save it for the people and i think that that's there is good in gotham and i think that's always to your point of baseball games and beaches exactly now i couldn't i couldn't believe that i'm going to say this but there was a batman movie that was done this one that had the riddler catwoman and penguin in it and it didn't feel over bloated like from a villain standpoint like spider-man falls into this problem where they throw too many villains in and then you're just like Mm. and uh when you're hearing that like oh riddler's in it catwoman's in it penguin's in it it's like jesus who else is in this movie and then you start falcone's in it did you feel that this movie was overstuffed with villains how'd you feel about the penguin is ultimately long way around i'm trying to be clever but i don't think it worked 
Penguin. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about Penguin and the and the crime families? That kind of story. Well, my favorite Batman stories always do involve the crime and the corruption of politicians and the the crime families, Falcone and everything. So they kind of wedged Penguin in there a little bit um, to be like part of the Falcone or Falcone. I will always present, pronounce it Falcone. I don't care what this movie said. Yeah, um, <laughs> and Falcone. But, uh, I don't know why I do that, but I just do. It just sounds better to me in my mind. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I didn't mind that at all. And the overstuffed villain problem that we've seen in other movies where we think there's too many villains. I just didn't feel that way in this one because each one was kind of given their own space to breathe. Yeah. And they kind of didn't cross over onto each other too much. You know what I mean? Like when you start thinking there's too many villains is like, ah, well, Two-Face and Riddler are attacking at the same time, blah, blah, blah. But like this, this movie had its penguin parts and it's had its catwoman parts and it had its Riddler parts and they were all kind of kept separate. And the pacing was fine enough where it didn't feel like I was being, um, you know, overexposed to one. Yeah. In, it was, in they did a good way. job of basically doing the origin for all three. Yeah. And I mean, it just kind of made Gotham feel like a living space where all these things exist. And they just wanted you to know, like, well, this person exists in this corner and this person exists in this corner. And this is just like a huge over encompassing world where all these things are happening at once but we're not going to like shove it in your face too much with like 10, like you said, 10 Spider-Man villains happening at the same time or whatever. So no, uh, I, yeah, I was cool with it. I loved the penguin in this movie. Like I just said, he was used perfectly. Like, it's not like he had a plot. He had a plan. He was just living his life. And I loved the fact that almost all of his scenes involved Batman. Like Batman's like, I got to talk to this dude. And, uh, it was just him being questioned and him just kind of having information and just kind of being almost a low man on the totem pole that was trying to be milked, squeezed for information. And I just thought it was played really well. And you could tell that now this is like his origin because you could tell now with, with Falcone dead, he is going to be the one that steps up and runs with the ball. And that's just awesome. So I just think it was a great origin for him yeah it's like kind of showing his rise we saw the rise of batman from a young batman young catwoman and we also have the rise of penguin from a you know low-level gangster to eventually become the kingpin of his you know corner of crime in gotham that he's eventually going to be makes me excited for the show for him that's going to come we're going to have a a penguin show that kind of like and you know shout out to to colin farrell i forgot for a minute you know i'd forget that i was looking at colin farrell I didn't 100%. even think about it for a second. Like the prosthetics were great. Never, uh, never thought about it. I, a couple of times in the beginning, I was trying to see Colin Farrell in there and I had a hard time. Even at the end of the movie, we were watching the credits and uh, my wife leaned over and she goes, who's Colin Farrell? I said, Penguin. She goes, really? Like she had no idea. I said, pretty solid prosthetics, right? She's like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to them for that. That was great. Um, yeah. Excited to see more Penguin. I was, I was down with it. 100%. I'm ready for HBO Max show. Yeah, totally watching that. Totally yep. watching that. So now I guess really the only thing that you could spoil in this movie and I don't even know what to say about it, but <laughs> Joker cameo, man. I know where you're going. I know where you're the going. Joker cameo. We saw Riddler talking to, I mean, clearly, I mean, it looked like Two-Face, but he talked about being the clown. So, and I think it's come out now that it's was the Joker. Um, some mm-hmm. version like a proto joker like this was before 
probably he's be- actually is the Joker, but he's in Arkham for something. Yeah. Yeah. Did you need that scene? Did you need to see Joker? Do you need another version of the Joker? How did, how did any of that make you feel? Oh man. Okay. Honestly, I don't need an, I don't need Joker for again for a while. This is just my personal thing. I feel over Joker saturated and I love the Joker. I'm a huge Joker guy, but we've had him what five times now, maybe. Um, I don't know. I didn't even count, but that sounds like a right number. I just don't like that in every movie we have to like talk Joker. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he was the first villain in Tim Burton. Uh, <clears throat> then he pops up again in the dark Knight, And we talked about him in Batman begins at the end of Batman begins. They're like a new villain left his card. And Batman's like, I'll look into it. Like we've always got to talk about Joker no matter what, yep. you know, we, we talk about him with Ben Affleck in suicide squad. And he's, He's all over there. And we had a joke. We just had a Joker movie with Joking Phoenix. It's like, I so got Joker say. fatigue. I got Joker fatigue, man. Um, Should I watch that movie? I, <laughs> uh, you, you can. We could do a show about it if you want to do a show about it. I know you've never seen it. I never watched but, it. Because um, I have Joker fatigue. I do. And uh, I'm honestly hoping if they do a sequel to this movie, which they will, because this movie's making a ton of money. They'll do their trilogy. Okay, Matt Reeves, you want to use the Joker? Great. I don't, I don't fault you for that. Everybody wants to, you know, if you make a Batman movie, you want to do your Joker movie. Don't do a Joker movie in the next movie. Wait till the third movie to do a Joker movie. If you want to do a little more with the Joker character and introduce him a little more and be like, oh, he's coming. He's on the way again. We're not doing a Joker movie for part two we're doing a joker movie to end this thing to like go crazy at the end um i like the actor a lot who they had playing that guy yeah barry keegan Uh, Keegan? barry keegan he was just in eternals um i think he could do a good job because i think he's a good actor but i just i'm not ready for another joker yet man honestly that's just my thing um i'm down with so many other things for a part two of this movie that i wish they could get to first yeah, I'd like uh, to see something new. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to see something new in here um, as we come around to something. Yeah, there's villains that we haven't seen yet. Give me the mm-hmm. Mad Hatter or something different. Honestly, the thing I'm most, the thing that keeps sticking out in my mind and it went trending yesterday on on the old social media and Scott Snyder was trending along with it was Court of Owls. I would love to see yeah. them do Court of Owls. For I think Pattinson said movie. that too. Yeah, he he's mentioned it, and I think that would be fan freaking tastic uh, if they can go that route. It would but, make uh, sense with the story that they told because Court of Owls is all about Gotham. Yeah, exactly. And who's running so, Gotham? So I mean, it it fits to do some version of that. I'd be down. Yeah. So I mean, in part of this, in part two of this, you know, franchise, if you want to go ahead and give me another joker post credit scene and being like oh man he's coming in part three now we're really getting there things are going crazy great but just part two please no joker i beg you yes 100 percent um i agree with those statements a couple things with that character and how they did i know matt reeves talked about um the possibly possibility of that character being more explored in the arkham show that's coming for hbo max um Mm -hmm. and he may be in that so i think they might be trying to do something else and that he did say he's very proto like he's not the joker yet 
Right. So you may see more of that. He said they did have a scene that they filmed. So he, and they said, you will see it, this scene, but they had a scene that they decided to cut from the movie where basically they had Batman going to Arkham to like basically silence of the lambs and talk to the Joker about trying to catch a serial killer, like to get in the mind of it. And they had that scene filmed and then they decided to just pull it out and they went back and forth on whether they're going to leave this one in or not as well. So, I mean, and that's something we'll see. So we'll see a little bit more of Barry Keoghan and see what he can do. Um, my, yeah, I don't need another Joker. Um, and then it was kind of weird because they, him and Riddler were talking. And then he started doing his Joker laugh. And I was like, ugh. And then, like, <laughs> Paul Dano jumped in with his evil laugh. And I was like, he sounds better. Like, Paul Dano's laugh. <laughs> He's got the better laugh than the Joker the be- laugh. <laughs> he had the better laugh to me. Um, yeah. I still a million times better than Jared Leto's dry heaves, but um, it yeah. still just wasn't. Yeah. It just kind of left me going. I really wish this wasn't in this movie. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. We both have a little Joker fatigue, and I'd like him put off for a little while, uh, to say the least. But but we'll see what happens. There. I'm going to be pumped for whatever they do next for this. So, Don, closing thoughts. I think we've. Mm-hmm touched everything that we need to touch yeah where do you think this batman ranks the batman where 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 would you put it we don't i think we were talking before i think we're going to do a full-on review of this but just curious of off the top of your head where does where does it fall yeah i'm not a range not specific yeah i'm not going to get specific with it because we have been playing around with the idea of doing a batman movie ranking for maybe an episode coming up possibly next week stay tuned we'll see but um it's it's high man it's really high on my list it's it's definitely top so if that's a spoiler for our episode uh when we rank the movie that's fine but it's it's definitely up there um i'm not i'd have to definitely give it some thought as if it's the best if it's my favorite, I have to think about some of the previous movies, but I can definitely tell you it is upper echelon Batman for me, uh, just because it, it just hit so many of the things I want from Batman that we never uh, got before that we haven't had before. Exactly. Um, I love reading the comic books. I love the Arkham games. I just love Batman in the, in that way. And this got closer to those than any Batman movie I've ever seen. And there's been some great Batman movies, but this one hit all those notes, man. It, it, it got me in all those ways with all the, the detectiveness of it, the Gotham being a living just character of its own, um, Robert Pattinson's mannerisms, and he didn't do them all perfectly, but, you know, that's what the next movie's for, too, to kind of refine those, those things that he kind of started yeah. with here. And uh, so, yeah, man, it's, it's up there, definitely. I know 100%. it is, so. 100%. Um, and there were moments where I was watching this movie where I was just openly thinking, like, I think this is the best Batman movie I've ever seen. Like, there were moments <laughs> where I was thinking that throughout the film. Um, then, of course, it did keep going. So, you know, I don't know where that ultimately falls. My one thing coming now a day off from seeing it is that I haven't really thought about it again. And I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to process that. Like I really wanted to be more. So then I'm like, did it, what was it missing something that it didn't quite hit the way that I feel like it should have, or was I just satisfied and just been like, okay, cool. And there was just, wasn't anything to it to make me think about it the next day. I love when a movie can make me when I can't stop thinking about it. 
for a good reasons, not bad. I hate when movies suck and I can't stop complaining about it. <laughs> Thinking about why they suck. Why they suck. I could do that. But it's rare when you get a movie that just sticks with you. And I really wanted this one too. And I felt like it should have, but it didn't. And I don't know why. So I don't know where that fault makes it fall from a ranking standpoint of where I actually put it. Um, I don't know if it's just a first time thing. If it's a, you know, I watch it a couple of times when it hits HBO next month and it might change. So we'll, we'll see. But once again, as Don said, I think that's coming up and we're going to be talking about exactly where the Batman falls when it comes to Batman movie, the echelon of them. For sure. For said sure. Backwards said that backwards. So any other thoughts on the Batman Don? Not much, man. I'm glad I went to see it. I'm glad I saw it in the theaters. Uh, it's nice to see a DC movie since some of them recently have been not great. But uh, yeah, can you I'm believe not... they didn't throw a flash trailer on this thing? Yeah, right. You, you'd think they would have, but come on, uh, Warner Brothers. Exactly. You're killing even me. though, or at least Black Adam, like a full Black Adam. You know, that's isn't that their next one? I don't know. You have Black Adam, Flash, and Aquaman. That they they gave me they gave you that like teaser thing where they're like they're all coming in 2022. Where the hell are they? And this is the first Batman movie. You couldn't get one trailer ready for that. You had to just show me little snippets. Come on, right? Give me a trailer. I'm not watching any of those movies without a trailer. Not to mention, like, how weird is Flash going to be now that everyone's talking about this movie, and all of a sudden there's going to be a Flash movie where we got uh, Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck too as Batman. Like, uh, so confusing. DC. DC. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. We've talked to death about the DC EU, and I guess that's still alive. It's just the Snyderverse that's dead. So I thought about that earlier today. I'm like, no, I think it's Snyderverse that's dead, but these characters are all connected in some way yeah it's it's scrambling my brain to think yeah. about it but i don't know i was just glad to see a a dc movie that i really enjoyed and um you know i love batman so i'm glad i was entertained had a good time man I'm glad you were entertained too I'm, I'm glad i was entertained that's what i'll say awesome, awesome. i 100 percent agree with you as i usually do but i think that's going to do it for us this week make sure you like, subscribe, and follow. Get us those five stars. Get us those reviews. Take care of us so we can keep bringing you the content, keep bringing you the shows, keep talking about geek things. So for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show. Where geek is all we speak. <laughs>